welcome to The Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to The Freelance Dance. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming to our second, listening to our second episode. I'm Jake Knight, your host, with my co-host, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Guys, how you doing? Hey, doing, doing great. Hello. Glad Good. to be Did you here. just get up from a nap, Marty? It sounds like. <laughs> did I? Yes, I did. I sounded just as tired. Or, or is it the like 4,000 degrees in Florida that is causing that? <laughs> is that what it sounds like? It sounds like I just got up from a nap. I am very tired, though, but maybe it's because I'm enjoying an all-day IPA. So maybe oh, he's he's about to get fired up when we start talking about cost cost per click. I mean, that'll wake you up real quick. And by the way, I'm uh, thank you for drinking a Michigan beer. I have a, a dogfish head, the perfect disguise. Oh, there you go. Uh, nice. Anyway, also Northern Michigan, Virginia. thank you for representing. Mer- uh, well, yeah, you're right. I thought it was it's actually dogfish head is not Michigan. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Uh, Delaware. 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 All right. So disappointed in um, you both. The DMV. Yeah, thank you. All right, good. Well, on that uh, lead in, so this week we're going to be talking about um, advertising, specifically, uh, Brandon, you spent some money advertising on LinkedIn, Google, and Facebook. And so we're going to take a look. It was your first time doing it, so kind of a brand new space. So let's uh, let's jump in, and maybe before you talk about the specific platform, let's find out like what what led you to make this decision yeah good place to start yep so my my business has been built on i don't have a lot of turnover with clients and trying to get new clients typically in pr you hold on to them for a while that's the whole idea of the retainer model and good service so i am thankful for that but i have been trying to experiment with productizing my services and offering a strategy service in addition to what i do with my normal client services so something i want to do full-time eventually, but uh, it's just an experiment right now. So I I rebranded my website. So when you go there now, all you see is this productized PR strategy service. But I thought the easiest way just to experiment with seeing what people think or seeing what options are out there is to do some social advertising. And I've never had to do it in the PR world. I've never done any ads. And so I actually just wanted to do it as a lesson, as as a training experience. So I thought I'd, awesome. I'd use the big ones I know about, LinkedIn, Google, Facebook. I thought I'd split it up and spend a little money at each, like the basically the minimums that they allow you to spend just to see what would happen. And uh, the experiment is complete and I can share some pretty depressing results. <laughs> oh no, spoiler <laughs> so alert. Stay tuned for spoiler that, alert. stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, all right, well, so let's then, so LinkedIn, you did LinkedIn, Google, and Facebook. Um, so tell me first, and, and Marty, you know, if you've got any questions too for, for him, feel free to, or, you know, any experience, feel free to jump in and share. Um, so what was your goal with uh, LinkedIn? Yeah. So my messages were pretty similar across all three platforms. The biggest thing I've learned is there are constraints. I mean, this is all kind of obvious stuff, but until you get in there, you don't know it. So in terms of like the headlines and just kind of like a, a, a normal message or like Twitter's limits back in the day, it was very constrained. And so you have to deal with that on these social platforms too, of course. But my main overall message for all three of them was basically 
keying up the PR strategy side of things. So PR strategies that work, get a PR strategy that works. And the main headline in the message area is something along the lines of, you don't need to hire a PR agency, schedule your free PR evaluation. Or something like reporters don't want to communicate with an agency, they want to talk to you, schedule your free PR evaluation. So trying to get across that this is a strategy service, this isn't a full-time PR retainer, this is something you do and, and we give you a free evaluation. That's the call to action to have that personalized evaluation. So LinkedIn was the first one I tried and I've always heard that it's very expensive and sure enough, it was the most expensive. But of course I thought it had the best audience. It's professional audience. You can filter it by my regions and everything. So I thought that would be a good thing to start with. So my results there, and this is over the course of a month. So I spent $168.46 on LinkedIn ads. I got 33 clicks. And out of that, there were 388,984 impressions, average CPM 0.01%, mm, terrible. Average CPC $5.10. So yes, LinkedIn is very, very expensive. And I didn't really see the conversion on my site from people who contacted or signed up or anything. I, I just feel like that was, I learned that that was not a fit for me based on the cost. And now well, Jake, I know you do this for a living, so please judge me and critique and suggest whatever no, you want hey to do man, on each of these no, platforms. No judgment. I, I love that you just jumped in. I love that you just jumped in to try it because I, I have probably a list of 10 different things that I would just right off the bat share just overall. But there is, so for LinkedIn, I think one of the key things, no matter what platform you're on, is figuring out what is someone doing on the platform. So until you can figure out what someone is doing on the platform, only after you've kind of like, you know, figured that out, can then you put together a, well, what's going to get their attention on that platform? So LinkedIn, like you said, professional platform. Um, schedule did your you, free did PR you target anyone? Were you able yeah, to so specifics? I, that's a good point. I did change my targeting quite a bit. So when I first created the ads, I focused on the United States and Europe are the countries in Europe that I thought were most interesting since I mainly work with European companies. After a few days of that, I just thought it was too diluted. I wanted to micro target a little bit more. And I, I narrowed it down to like Germany, Switzerland, and the US. And then I started to target a little bit more down just to, to Zurich, not just Switzerland, but Zurich, and then parts of the US. So I, I did on all of these change the targeting just to see you know, what the mm -hmm. trends were. Didn't see a lot of change in terms of activity on all three of them, but I do feel like I was reaching more you know, practical people by micro-targeting. And, yeah, and the other thing language. I will say is the language too. Yeah, I, I said it to English, so English speakers in Europe. Um, which I probably could have broadened that because, you know, that's, that, that doesn't have to be the primary language. The one disclaimer I will make on all this is that I, I did intend to advertise a lead magnet as the primary thing. I know everyone says that's the best thing to do and gets you the best attention to bring them into the funnel and all that. This was just an experiment. I just wanted to advertise my website and see what happened without, I do have yeah. lead magnets, but I just wanted to say watsware.com Let's just see what happens as a general ad. So I do think all of this would have been improved if I would have done the best practice, which is point them to a PDF or a video and get their email and cultivate it. But I just wanted yeah, to see if I get clicks, clicks to my website. Or even just a landing page with something specific about that. that could, yeah. That could, yeah, and I think it. your website, I mean, your website is kind of designed that way, right? It's kind of like a one mm -hmm. page landing page. Mm -hmm. So I think what I've seen on LinkedIn that has been more successful is um, writing an article 
that addresses the problem and then advertising trying to to get that article in front of people um so maybe because people are on linkedin they're consuming some business content so maybe even your ad like the verbiage on that could be something more like learn the five ways that a pr strategy you know that for five reasons you don't need to hire a pr agency or dump the one you're using and do it yourself i mean it's something a little more absolutely i mean hopefully one of your clients didn't see it and then like they fire you and then they end up hiring you back again. I mean, no, no. Bad, but. So Jake, and how that, do you find out, how do you find out uh, what, what you're, what, what these people are doing on LinkedIn and Facebook and Google? How do you, what do you use or what do you, what's your experience in researching that? So at the very high level, LinkedIn is a tool. People use it to network at the, at the very base. And also it has become a place where there is a lot of really good articles on there. People have written some really great content or videos or, or written things. So LinkedIn, just as a platform, I would put it there. Uh, Google is um, Google ads. It's it falls into the intent based advertising, which is the I'm only going on Google because I need X. So I'm looking for a solution to a problem right now, which is why their auto predict was such an important thing for them, because that's they're trying to guess what you're trying to figure out, because while they're guessing, they're pulling results in the background before you would enter. So it saves them like time to, so in Google's intent. And then Facebook is more like, more like branding, more like you're, you're putting your message in front of people. Um, and unless it solves a really unique problem, I think, I, mean, I don't know, do you guys look at ads on Facebook? Or do you see I ads on use Facebook? Facebook? Okay. I'll, I'll use Facebook. Okay. So, um, a lot of times they're very visually driven. Um, there is some sort of like graphical or video component that like an, an video that auto plays as you're scrolling through. So like what, what, so the customers that we're looking for, I mean, how do we know that they're on there? Right? Like, how do you know that these customers that we're looking for, we're trying to try like, for instance, for PR strategy, Yeah. how do we know that they're going to be on Facebook? Well, I'll so, just tell you from my experience on that one. Um, it was the best for targeting who I want. So Google and Facebook wouldn't let me get as granular as LinkedIn. This is why they charge so much because I could say, mm -hmm. I want someone who's the VP of marketing, director of marketing. You can select all these job titles and you can select even like job experience. So five years in this role, senior executive, whatever. Yep. All the other platforms don't let you do that to the same extent. But LinkedIn has that data because all of our profiles say our job titles. So it's easy to target there. So I do think I was reaching my, my prime person as seed funded, series A funded tech startup, either the CEO or the VP of marketing. That's essentially who I was contacting. So that was valuable. But if they're on LinkedIn right now, like if they're on LinkedIn and you're targeting that person and they see, they see, they see that PR ad, I mean, obviously you got some impressions. I mean, you got, I mean, 33 clicks. So 33 people actually thought about, Hey, that's something mm -hmm. that's interesting because I mean, the mind for, I'm just thinking about the mind frame of, of what somebody's doing on LinkedIn. Right. I mean, especially what you're ta just talking about, Jake, the mind frame of where they're at, are they in research mode? Are they in kill time mode? Are they in, I need to find a new employee it, mode. That Right. Yep. So how, can you, can You're, you target that as well? Or, or what do you, I mean, is that somehow? So I, I mean, I think by nature of the platform is where you kind of get into some of that. Cause you're not on Facebook. If you're on Facebook looking at an ad, there's a high likelihood that you're wasting time. There's a high likelihood that you're not doing business research 
air quotes, um, on Facebook, you know, like that's not likely. So, so it's almost like where Facebook, you need to stop them in their tracks and like, like waving a flat, like, Hey, Hey, look at me, look at me. Um, whereas Google is like, you're just, you're literally just answering a question and they've just typed in to the search engine. Um, and then LinkedIn, I think is more about like education with the business side of things. And, and this isn't, um, this particular strategy I'm about to share is not mine, but, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, this is one of the things he said with, with, uh, LinkedIn specifically is target the level below the person that you're trying to reach, target the level below and give the headline B. So if you're trying to reach the VP of marketing, target that the next level below and say five things, the VPs of marketing are missing with this, that person then sees that they want to be a hero to the VP. They go run and show the VP that, Hey, there's this article. I just found this. I thought you'd really appreciate it. That's, I think, a, a genius strategy. But if mm -hmm. you reverse engineer that sort of concept, it's how do you get to the person that wants to get to the person? Right? How do you get to the person that is dying to have an interaction, a touch point with their boss, with their superior? Mm. So how do you how do you reach that? And I think LinkedIn is a, is a perfect platform for that. Now, when you're creating these ads, Brandon, are you are you already have an idea of who you want these people to be to click on your your ads? Yeah, so I'm, or, I'm targeting is the it, people. Is it, do you have like a persona of like this is specifically who I'm picturing that these these are the ones that are going to be clicking on my on this on this link? Yeah, for me, it's usually the CEO because I'm generally I'm talking to smaller companies where they may not have a marketing team. In fact, that's probably who needs me the most is engineering driven companies, startups that don't have a marketing team where I help them do it on their own. It saves them money. And honestly, that's what reporters want anyway. So that, that would be the key person. So yeah, it's, it's that CEO. Should it's, your ad copy. That should have been your ad copy. That was, that's exactly it. If on what, you, what, what did I say? On the nose of what you said to, to the CEO. I blacked out. It was so, it was so brilliant. Apparently <laughs> I've blacked out. <laughs> Quick rewind and listen to it again. Um, <laughs> this, uh, no, you said that like actually it'd work best if I reached out to those smaller companies who don't have a marketing team and they want someone to help them figure out how to do it on their own and save, you know, a bunch of money. That's, yeah. that's your ad. Yeah. And that's, that's who I tried to target. Now I tried to spread it out. So the CEOs of a company that has, and that's, here's the other filtering thing that is the key to that is there is an employees filter. So I can target a company that has under 50 employees, under a hundred. That's how mm. I constrained it to a smaller company. So, you know, I'm not reaching out to companies with 300 plus employees. They don't need me. They have a marketing team and 10 PR agencies, yeah. maybe, you know, like, so I'm, I'm looking for, I'm really looking for seed stage companies that have raised a few million dollars. That is my sweet spot for this service because they're going to code their product and build it. And they need someone to help them talk to the press about it. Yeah. No, I, so I, I think your, your logic behind your approach is sound, very sound. I, I would not flaw that. I don't think that's flawed at all. Um, I think for PR, tweaking that message or for LinkedIn, mm -hmm. tweaking that messaging. This is the other biggest takeaway is that the messaging for each one should be wildly different than each other. Even if you're talking about the same service, the way you express that needs to be much different. So, yeah. so, so LinkedIn, I mean, I think 30, 33 clicks and five, $5 bucks a, a click. Yeah. Um, if it's targeted, 
Now, I, again, I, I took the so, lazy way out because I do have two lead generators. I have an aspirational one, which is like the 10 essential elements to irresistible PR pitches. That's a PDF that gives you 10, tap, ooh, 10 tips for great pitches. Yeah, I, like I love that. that word irresistible. And the second one is fear driven. So if you sign up for that one, the, the, this is where I'm going to be, you know, my great pitches. The second one is the three reasons your PR strategy isn't working. So that's plays more in the fear of like, okay, I'm not getting coverage. No one's paying attention. Why aren't they paying attention? So I do have two lead generators that slap together fairly quickly, but again, I haven't advertised those. So I think the key lesson I know right off the bat is I need to try to advertise a lead generator that speaks like you're saying, Jake, to, you know, here are the reasons you need to do this versus here's my company, which we, yeah, again, it, it was the lazy way out. I'm embarrassed. I tried this well, first, but well, no, but you, it, it's not like you needed the, it's not like you needed the business either. I mean, so there, yeah, there this is, is a, an experiment. This was an experiment. So I, I, I think if, if, and when you did need to make this happen for real, I have no doubt that it would be a more successful campaign because you would do some of those things naturally. Yeah. And that's good. Um, feedback. What about AB? Did you have any, were you able to do that or, at all a little bit? Good question. Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, I think all three of them let you do AB testing. I didn't do that. What I did is I had limited run ads. So like I said, I, I let them run for three days and then I changed it and then I compared the results, but I didn't have multiple ads running at the same time on each platform. Probably should have and, if you, you know. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, I don't know, I'm not as super familiar with LinkedIn's AB testing capabilities, but um, let's move on to just yeah. talking about Google. Is that all right? Good, please. Yeah. Okay. Switching to Google. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and LinkedIn so was link, LinkedIn's the least interesting of all of them. It, it's the most interesting from targeting, but yeah. this, this is where it gets more interesting. So Google, they've been doing this for a long time. They're excellent at it. And you realize that immediately once you log in and start doing this, it is so well done and it is, it's beautiful. It really is a thing of beauty. So on Google, I spent $150 versus 168 on LinkedIn, remember? So approximately the same amount of money. However, on LinkedIn, I got 33 clicks. On Google, I got 274 clicks for approximately the same amount of money. Huge difference. The impressions were way down because they're more targeted, 71,378. So my average cost per click was 55 cents on Google versus $5 on LinkedIn. So you got a lot more for your money in terms of clicks. And from what I can judge looking at my analytics and all, um, this is, this was second to Facebook, but this was where most of my actual attention came from was Google. Okay, cool. So you're set up on the back end. You, you have your, um, how many ads did you create instead of your ad group? Uh, and Google just one. Okay. So that's probably what, one of the biggest things I've learned. Google's AI is, is just phenomenal. Um, so they'll tell you or give you an alert that says, hey, this ad group only has two ads. We recommend having at least three. Because if it's in the ad group, three versions of that going to the same page, they will mix and match um, what, you know, which one's performing better. But here's where it gets like ridiculously amazing is the landing page service where you put your landing page URL in and it creates the ads for you. It creates the ads based on the content of your and then does all the A-B testing for you. It might show 15 variations of that ad and then and figure out which one is gonna perform the best. Um, obviously, that's a little more in depth of uh, like, cause you, cause for that, you really need to know your landing page, like your headlines are the right, you know, their questions or their, even the length of things because Google's limited in how much 
how many characters you can put into into an ad. So there is some work that goes into looking at the landing page to map those two things. Um, what what do you oh. use keywords, Brandon? Yeah, so a couple things on that. So I guess, and again, I'm a newbie at this and it shows, but <clears throat> so I did, I did let it do its AI optimization where it reconfigured messaging and ads. And it also found keywords based on, you know, you fill out the sample keywords like PR strategy and then their AI fills in similar queries. And I let all that happen. In fact, their queries got more than minded, of course, because it's Google and they know what gets clicks. Um, but so I did let it alter the ads. And in fact, here's, here's one problem with Google's AI that I just remembered. So I searched myself, logged out, different browser. I just, as a normal person searching for Wattsware or one of the terms, the ad shows up. They had redone it in a very strange way. The worst part about it was that they had pulled, my old website had multiple pages. So about, you know, uh, services. They had pulled that out of the old site tree apparently and put these little sub buttons under my ad that I didn't select. And guess what? They were broken links. So Google Ooh. on its own made my ad different in a worse way. And this was something I was irritated about. The fact that they couldn't figure out that they were pointing to broken links that I didn't even want on that ad. So talk to hello at Google, that. something something is not working there. You need to validate your links before you so, put them into well, something. Oh. You should probably, you, you also, we also should have set up 301 redirects. That's an error on your developer side. That honestly, yeah, I, I completely forgot that you had an old website. I really did. Like I, oh, I know, I, me too. For, what, for whatever it's a different reason, world. That, that's <laughs> I forgot. Great... That you had, I didn't realize you had sub pages and all that good stuff. But yeah, but I see even... an SEO guy would would pick would have picked that up just like that though. But and, even right. even and even on the AI side, I don't care if they reformulate some headlines because I did give them some options and they switched a couple sentences and did it. You know that that's harmless. It should be it gets clicks, but you should not add links to pages that I didn't want in there. Like I said, yes to changing the message. I didn't say yes to adding links to other stuff that I didn't want to link to. That was kind of odd to me. So that brings up two things. So a Google's AI is smart enough to know that because if, if a page goes down, I've had ads get flagged and it shuts off because the page is broke. It won't, it doesn't go there. So I think what you've experienced is probably a bug. But that feature you're, met, you're talking about specifically is called site links. And it adds up to four with some additional verbiage underneath because conversion rates go way up when someone searches for what you're doing and you've got multiple site links if they go to the right, the right pages um, and aren't broken. So that's stupid. I'm sorry. Also stupid. send an email to your developer and tell them to add a I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. And honestly, those pages are ancient history. They'll never come up come up again. But it was just odd so, to me. And I, I didn't like that. Three redirects didn't. are good. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll add it. I'll, I'll put a task. I'll set a task up. I, I, I don't know why we don't have it. I, I didn't even, I honestly completely blank that you had an, actual, an old website. For some well, and no one went to the website. I mean, I had like two visitors a month. I, I don't advertise myself. I have clients yeah. that I work with. So none of this has ever been a concern for me, but I guess the Google algorithm or the way they do things exposed a flaw, like, you know, and it's, a, it's a good learning, but are I don't those like links it live on your site somewhere. Are those, are those visible mm -hmm. on your current web page? No, we are wattsware.com single page website. Did you I'm actually curious why I didn't, I did I'm you have, sure I did. so your previous site, did you ever do try Google ads with that in the past? No, I've never done any, anything. Okay. I actually did set that up for you. <laughs> well, whatever happened, it didn't work. Like it just, okay. it, 
it failed. No, that's Go- it. That's the way Google did it failed. Yeah, it went to a broken page. So I think the the best the best lesson from this is is don't trust the AI with everything. Like go back and that was wise of you to go back and double check your ad and, and search for it and see if you could find it. Um, check those links, you know. Um, yeah. I haven't personally seen Google do that and create those things. So that's a new one for me. And I've yeah. been doing this for since 2011, 2010. Yeah. I, I think they were pulling something because it even had the text like under about us and services was text from the old website. So I, I really do think they were pulling from a cache version that was indexed and somehow yeah. maybe Marty set it up and they did a ping of it and it did resolve into a, a website, but, and they thought that was good enough. I don't know what happened, but anyways, whether it's here or there, I don't, I don't like that adding the extra pages to an ad. I, I wish I could turn that off. I didn't see a way to do that specifically, but maybe I didn't see it. Yeah. And I, you know, it might be, um, yeah, I, I don't know that that might be, that's a, that's a bit more of a deep dive. We could probably look at that at a, at another episode, but I, I did want to say one thing about the the intent-based marketing being I'm looking for a, an answer to a question or a problem. So if you had to rephrase, what would somebody type in that you'd want this ad to show for? Like, what is the actual thing they would type in? Could be PR strategy for startups, PR strategy for tech startups, um, PR do ideas. Think, do you think strategy, PR strategy is something that a, that a startup person searching, looking for help with PR, I think they can use that term, PR strategy. Maybe not. Maybe PR services. Um, I think that was one of the things mm. Google recommended. And here's another key learning. Like I, I've, and Marty knows this, I struggle with messaging this package and, and making it clear that I'm not doing the work, you're doing the work. And I've realized it's obvious, but do it yourself. I need to add that in a couple places on the website. Because my, my, yeah. my headline is, we help technology startups, blah, blah, blah. What it needs to be is we help technology startups develop, you know, a do-it-yourself Their PR strategy. strategy. Yeah. So just to get across the point that this is, and we'll get into that in a little bit later, people still misunderstood the website, even though I thought it was clear. They thought I just did PR. And so that needs to be it's called they out read. clear. They, they don't read. read. People are skimmers. They're skimming through and, they, and they're busy and want a solution to their problem too fast. So if they think you check the box and you showed up in their search and this must be the answer to my prayers. Yeah. And they think you're just another PR agency that's going to help them with what, whatever they want. And they're just going to say, Hey, do it. And you're going to be, you're going to do it. So I would, I would actually, that might be a good research project for, I think any business is to go and flip, flip to your customer side of things. And like, what, what would they actually type in to, to try to find like what problem when they encounter this problem, they've grown enough, they need to get, they need to start monetizing their software. They need to, get some eyeballs on it and get some coverage. What, what questions or where are they going to be at or what space are they going to be in? That's the best place to start analyzing, at least for keywords. Like what is the phrase that someone's going to search? Um, I do a lot of travel and tourism work and there's this idea of, you know, vacation, vacationing or, um, some, some language that is very specific to, you know, let's, let's say vacation spots near me. Am I going to search vacation spots near me? No, I'm not. Would you guys search that vacation spots? No, you're going to be going lakefront house, lakefront condo with dog friendly pool. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you're looking for. So I think sometimes we get in our industry and we know our language so well 
that it's hard to like unlearn that to imagine what someone who's never touched it before, you know, they literally might say how to get press coverage for my software, for our software app. That might be or, a, or even they may even say something like I, I would like PR training or I'd like to do the PR for myself or somehow they're ooh, trying to, mm -hmm. they're trying to learn, they're trying to, I, you know, I, I can't afford a PR agency, but I would, I, I'm pretty sure I can do this myself. I'm gonna get up and go, go get her. I can do, I can, I can go figure out this, figure this out, but I just don't know where to start. And coming from maybe, uh, I don't know, I just, thought, just a different yeah. angle coming from it. Like this is Brandon Watts is going to, Wattsware is going to train you how to, how to become your, your own, uh, how to do your own PR. And, you know, get covered by the New York times. That's another thing. You know, people have specific publications, get covered in TechCrunch. You know, how would you do that? Right. I don't know how to do yeah, that. They, I, yeah. Yeah. People would that. search that. And, you know, I, yep. I've, I've done that with contributed articles too. Like, it's like, how do, do they accept contributed articles? Like you're, you're, you're making it clear what you want. And when we conclude this, I'll give the summary of where I've, I fall with this, which is probably back where I started. But um, yeah, I, I think the inbound thing for me is maybe, maybe not the right approach. We'll get into that a little bit more, but um, well, I learned the, a lot. No, this is, this is awesome. Actually. I, I think, I think it's, it's fun for me to hear the newbies perspective because of kind of being in it on the regular and going, Oh yeah, I guess they wouldn't think about that or, um, mm -hmm. going back to some of the basics of what, of what's important to, to know. Um, well, so let's go to Facebook then. Yep. Facebook. What was your, uh, Facebook, uh, experience? Yeah. So I think Facebook was either equivalent or maybe just a little bit worse to me in terms of the experience than, than Google Google's I think was the best Facebook though. Unbelievable. I've always heard that you get a lot for your money on Facebook and man, that's true. Um, so I spent $149 and 98 cents on Facebook. I got 406 clicks, which is these basically two cents shy of the amount of money I spent on Google, Google, I got 274 Facebook. I got 406. So by far, by far and away, it was the best click generator. Uh, there were 81,314 impressions, so 10,000 more than Google, and my average CPC was 37 cents. Um, what was really impressive about Facebook is how it, it advertises everywhere. So you're in the feed, you're in Instagram, it's all combined. And unlike Google and LinkedIn, LinkedIn gives you a little logo you can put next to a text ad, which isn't great, you can barely see it. But Facebook gives you a full on banner image to include in your ads. So it's for, it's for Instagram, it's for the newsfeed. So in addition to being the cheapest, you've also got visuals you can include. The targeting's fantastic. It's not as great as LinkedIn because you can't say specific job titles, but it gets you pretty close. Um, and again, I think based on what I saw, the, the majority of activity that I got was from the Facebook ads, from what I can tell in Google Analytics. So, hey, I mean, we all hate, I mean, most of us hate Facebook, but people are there and their ad platform, there's a reason they're making money on it. It works so well. So Jake, why, why did he get almost a hundred more on Facebook? So I, I have a couple theories and I don't, I don't know if I've not proved this by any means. Um, a bunch of companies pulled ad spend in June, June and July. That was the start of that kind of that change of, right. that Facebook wasn't doing its part to stop misinformation and so, a lot of a lot of very large advertisers pulled back some of the budget. What that means is there's more available screen space to show up. Their ads aren't showing in. I also think Facebook is more because with this people are staying home more. There is way more activity of people scrolling through Instagram and Facebook, like since pandemic. Um, 
because it's not actually common in my experience. The people don't like to leave the walls of Facebook and Facebook doesn't like people to leave the walls of Facebook. So it was interesting to me that you had such good results on that. I mean, that could be the result of your targeting, that your messaging was what it was. Um, I, yeah, I mean, those are my two theories why I think there may be a higher, a higher space, more eyeballs, less cash in the system. I mean, even overall, less cash. I've, I've even heard of people just going all in on Facebook and not even doing any, any of the other platforms. Also Only true. because of, because of Facebook, just because Facebook's so much better than the others. But I don't like, understand. Well, I still, yeah. I still don't get who's on Facebook and why. And if you're, you know, hey, if your market is on Facebook, like, yeah. if the person you want to reach is going to be on Facebook, then hands down, you do a vacation rental agency, hands down, yeah. you need to be on Facebook. Yeah. You need to have visual ads, uh, travel and tourism, social media yes. is a fantastic place. All I could think about on Facebook was if I did have a local business, you know, it could be a bakery, it could be whatever, an entertainment thing like tourism you talk about. I kept thinking about how amazing this is because you can target your, not only, you know, like our area here in Florida where I live are the parts where the feeder markets, like for example, down here, it's a lot of people come from Atlanta and Nashville. You could target those areas. And for 150 bucks, you get 406 highly qualified people. And if you're selling something that's, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks, you convert, you know, 40 or 50 of those that you're, you're more than making up for what you spent on the ads. So I, the math definitely adds up, not for my business. Cause it's a high, it's a high ticket, like single use business consulting business. But it did prove to me that, man, if you just have a normal mom and pop business, it's it, the money is well spent. It looks like. And, and it's the more you put into Facebook, the better algorithm Facebook has as well. So like you'll, you, you know, you put a thousand bucks in over a week period, you're going to have like your results are going to hit sooner because it will have the money to kind of yeah. put your ad out, learn the, learn it, and then it'll deliver better results for the next, you know, six days or five days, or whatever. As two business professionals, myself and Brandon Watts, are we leaving money on the table because we don't have Facebook accounts? If you need I'd, to I'd put money to. from the table into your pocket, then maybe. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't, I don't advertise on Facebook for my business. I don't know. I've, and, I've done it for my photography stuff. I've done it for that side hustle. And that did actually generate some leads. And I did do it for uh, essential oil um, page, super targeted thing. Same thing. They spent five bucks and got someone to message them that they were interested in their product. That is insane. Like that's insane. Five bucks for a, for a qualified lead who messages you. And that's all yeah. they spent on the entire ad campaign was five bucks. That's it. Um, so there, yeah, face, Facebook, if you need clients, if you need a new revenue stream, I think Facebook ads are a great, a great space to look at, but I would not, I mean, I guess maybe to this point, Brandon, you didn't really have any experience with going in to do it and you don't even really use Facebook and you were successful. So probably like anybody can just go in and get oh, some it's, results. It's so easy. And you mentioned the $5 thing. And I think that's what I did. The minimum I think is $5 a day or it's, it's equivalent to that something. So I did the minimum and it's pretty amazing. We talk about making or getting clients while you sleep or something, but it's true. You pay $5 a day and people, wherever you want them to be are coming to your site and checking it out. And you just see it on Google. It was pretty amazing to hop in Google analytics. And I just saw people live on the website because I was on yeah. three platforms at once. So I'm just like, people are on the website and you know, this is pretty cool. I see why people do that. But again, I don't think I have the right business for who I, 
who I need. So I can summarize that when we get there, but. You are also using the new hotness from Google. Google just came out with their own plugin for, uh, for WordPress. It's very, I mean, like very, very new called Sitekit. Um, so oh, when I, I saw that come out, that. yeah, when I saw that come out, um, I was like, yeah, let's, let's put it on your site. So you have that on there right now. So I don't know if that's either like, if you go into your WordPress, uh, admin, you can actually see uh, some of your, some of your analytics from your dashboard there. And I don't know what else. Thank you, you but... for that. I actually forgot about that when it first came out, I remember yeah. seeing it and I looked at the article and then promptly. Psychic. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to like, the next article. <laughs> see it. Oh, good. Um, Ooh, what's this shiny thing? Uh, okay. Yeah. So let me, uh, so let's go. So what was your, let's look at the result side of things. Yeah. So we looked at all the kind of what you spent time in. So where did you land on the, the result side? Let's do it. All right. So my grand total in this wild wacky experiment, $468 and 44 cents. And I got 713 clicks. Now that number, those numbers would have been way better in my favor if I would have left off LinkedIn because we talked about that, but still, you have to think if you have a really optimized site and a good offer and you speak directly to your customer for 500 bucks to get 713 qualified people, I was impressed by that. I think that's, that's pretty good. No matter, no matter what you're doing, if you can make the most of that 500 or so dollars. So that was my total. I got the 713 clicks. Average CPC was 66 cents a click is what it averaged out to, but there's a couple other metrics I thought were interesting. So I have an email newsletter form on my website. This is another new thing I'm trying. Of course, everyone recommends it. Um, and I'm going to try to pursue it for a while here and see if I can make it work. But I have a, my lead generators. So you land on wattsware.com and then you see an offer, give us your email address and you get this PDF, this audio. Um, so I thought it, a good percentage of that traffic, you would think I would convert, not necessarily a shocking amount, but I only got four people out of 713 to give me their email address for MailChimp. And two of them were clearly spam from China. So I don't, uh, I don't necessarily yeah. count those. And the other two were not super qualified leads in the first place are, are people that I would normally target at all. So that was kind of disappointing to see that whoever landed there wasn't a great fit. So not really setting the world on fire there. And then Google Analytics, my average session duration was five seconds. So people were only spending about five seconds on the website. And here's the only caveat to that. They can only calculate that you have a one page website, right? Mm -hmm. Which means your bounce rate is going to be pretty high. Yeah. 87%. Yep. Because, but that's one, one page website. It yeah. can only, it can only Google can only know if you've clicked on something else to leave the site, then they don't have a metric to base it on. You showed up. They don't have a way to just like, if you leave and you're gone. Um, yeah, good point. That, I might be wrong on that. Someone's probably gonna fact check and No, no, I think you're right for the bounce rate. Cause I was looking at that before this episode. Cause I, I'm not clear on all of that too. Cause I'm not in marketing, but uh, yeah, the five seconds would make sense because they can't, can't calculate it anyways. So it's probably tied to the bounce rate and it might not be accurate, but either way, the point was that that's about what I got. And he, here's, here's the ultimate. So you want people to land on the website and then you want them to contact me for the PR evaluation. That is, that follows them through the funnel. Like actually the MailChimp's great, but really I want them to contact me for a conversation. So I got four people out of the 713 clicks that contacted me. That was my response rate. But here were the four people who contacted me. <laughs> Again, not reading the website or it's my fault for not making it clear enough. 
had a really irrelevant website contact me, not even close to being something I'd work with, had a PR firm ask me about subcontracting. So I would be subcontracting for another PR firm for just like a single project. That is definitely not what I'm doing or offering. I had an a, a LA real estate agent contact me wanting a PR evaluation. Nothing about real estate. It says tech companies everywhere. But this, this real estate agent wanted to talk to me about increasing her coverage. And then I got someone who asked me about doing a book tour for them, scheduling a media tour for a book. And I don't even remember what it was about because it was so bizarre. Like it was not even close to being about tech or anything relevant. I'll be honest with you. I didn't respond to any of these people. Part of it was I think I was just so frustrated with uh, how irrelevant the contact was and there's nothing I can do for them. But uh, it was eye-opening. And I've, I've heard these stories from some friends that, I've, that, that I know that have worked on this and people I've worked with in the past. And they say that the people that contacted them were clearly not relevant, not reading. It, you know, I mean, this isn't the case for everyone, but when you combine this, the fact that I spent, I spent the $468 and really didn't get anything out of it in terms of actionable leads. Now, maybe someone saw my site and they'll come back later. But uh, all of these things lead me to my ultimate finding. And this is my, my learned lesson. I went into Drum this. Roll, please. Yes. I went into this thinking that cold, direct email outreach was the best thing for my business. That's what I've always done. I usually get a pretty high 10 to 15% response rate on that. Um, and I, I've gone right back to that. It's not only is that free, but I pick who I want. I'm not just bringing in random people. Um, I think social okay. ads are great for some businesses. Is but it free though? Is it really free? The services that you pay for to get access to those people, that's not free, right? It used to be. It's not anymore because I've become more professional. In the, in the early days, I just, I found open and free directories of startups and I would just go through oh, them okay. and contact them. But yeah, you're right. I do pay for Crunchbase now, which if anyone works in tech and you do sales at all, pay the 300, whatever it is for Crunchbase a year. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, so that's, that's what I basically use as my prospecting, you might say tool when I need to use it. But um, that, that learned lesson of direct contact with people I want to work with and making the case in an individual way has always been the success thing for, has always been the successful approach for me. So um, I'm kind of right back where I started. I, I want to do this again, maybe once I get to a certain point, but I, I mentioned the last episode, I, I don't really, I'm not really looking for clients. It's more something I want to do eventually when the time comes to transition to this. So the pressure's not on, but I learned a lot from this, I will say, but unfortunately I'm not sold like I thought I would be. It's not, it's not like you just open the faucet and unlimited people show up like some people will have right. you believe right that's that's a big lesson learned and i need someone okay. like you jake i would i would need to get someone who knows what they're doing to give me suggestions and that would improve it too of course but i i did this myself so well and you know to to be honest like i always recommend a 3 month window of doing it to then go back and kind of look at the results and see how things go because like the amount of things that come in a three month window, you might go back and make five or six different changes or like, aha, well, this isn't working or look at the keywords that are actually used to pull up one of your ads in Google and go, oh, I should put that into one of my ads and see if that goes. So it is a, it is a learning process, learning experience, but either way, I'm glad you spent 500 bucks so we could talk about this. That's great. And the climate too, that we're in right now too. I mean, how many people, people aren't trying to sign up for new services or new things as much as they were only well, trying to, valid, you know, so 
I mean, you got you got that going too, unfortunately. No, I think, but that's to the to the that um, podcast we listened to of the other one that we listened to that talked and mentioned that about pivoting your messaging in times like this. I mean, there's also you know we could do a separate episode on that. But um, by the way, we're not, this we're recording this uh, on July 30th of 2020. So in so case right we release the, this, still right in the thick of it. Yeah. In, Jul- in July 31st of 2021, that people will know. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's that's good. Well, I think, Marty, do you have any any uh, any closing thoughts on, on from watching him go through this experience? Anything you appreciated or learned? Um, I, only from a, only from the website perspective, um, just some of the things that I think that like, you know, what what could help the website convert a little bit better? Um, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, you said you had, you had issues with people not signing up. Well, you know, if that's something that you really, really want to do, then maybe we should move the form up to the top. So that way we have it clearer, um, maybe, you know, simplify messaging, um, you know, similar to, similar to what we talked about for, as far as the advertise, you know, who are, who are, who our customer is and who are, who, who's actually trying to look for the service. Maybe we, we change up the messaging a little bit you know, stuff like that, but that's, you know, again, and then maybe we can even uh, try to do some AB testing too. You know, we got Google, we got tools with Google and some other, some other software that does that as well. So. Nice. Nice. Well, I think my biggest takeaway is it's good to, it's good to go back to the basics every once in a while to just remind yourself of the potential caveats or the opportunities, you know, you, you can, you can become a little bit blase about some of the things because you do it and yeah, it works, but there's some real great opportunities. And I think your approach was sound about trying to get people to come to your site, subscribe to something, you know, just get them inside the system. That's, that's all. I don't, I think the worst thing you can do is put a bunch of money into sending people to your homepage, but that doesn't really ask them for anything. There's there's Mm -hmm. no clear call to action. There's no direct, you know, I can spend money with you. You can help me and I can, I'll give you my money to help me understanding what the value that they're getting when they come there specifically very quickly. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. I know I'm going to get. Yep. Awesome. Well, that's great. Hey, thanks Brandon for, uh, for, for doing that. I think people Um, should try it. I will say it's worth a shot. You know, you don't have to do what I did, but throw $5 a a day at at Facebook for a week and just see what happens. I mean, it's a learning experience. It's better than reading an article. You can actually do it yourself and see what happens. So give it a shot. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, all right. Well then, Hey, how about we uh, switch up to the next segment that we'll talk about is stuff we like. And so who started first brand? I think brand you did last week. So Marty, you, you, are you ready? Uh, yeah, it's called, it's called. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dot app. Just (laughs) how to spell that. It's called, it's spelled M-M-H-M-M dot app. Uh, I saw this a couple weeks ago. This guy, uh, it's a, it's like a, we're all on Zoom now. So you may want to present more or, or, or be able to adjust the, the uh, your video or presentations on the fly while you're doing it live. And this guy is building, it looks like he's building something that's going to be pretty cool. It's not... It's an invite only right now, and I just he's got this intro video that I think is pretty cool. But let me. Uh, That's uh, Phil Libin from. Uh, he used to be the CEO of Evernote, so 
I wonder if this is okay. his company. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. So it's, uh, it looks pretty interesting. That video that he pr puts up there is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Pretty good. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take a look. It's kind of, it's a little humorous too. And I like it. I dig it. Cool. Nice. Uh, all right. Thanks, Marty. Brandon, what do you got? All right. So <clears throat> bringing me full circle again, I talked about the value of personal outreach. I, I've been obsessed with this idea of personal video messages. So instead of cold emails, you get a cold email video message. This, this came to me with um, a guy, texasbluesalley.com, this guy who teaches um, blues guitar lessons. He's excellent. He's very, he's a smart marketing guy and tech guy, but he's also just an incredible guitar player. So anyways, I, I sign up to his service and pay the 20 bucks a month for the classes and having access to the library. And um, when I did that, he sent me this, this email and I thought, oh, you know, it's an automated email. Welcome to the club or whatever. No, it's a personal video message from him, this guy that I love to watch play guitar, talking to me directly and telling me what I should check out, you know, do all this kind of stuff. This is what, you know, giving me an introduction to the website in like a minute. I was blown away. Um, first of all, the subject line said something like, Brandon, I recorded a video message for you. And of course, you're going to open that because who wouldn't? And sure enough, it was him and it was personal and targeted. Um, in fact, he sent another one because I had reactivated my subscription. This was over a period of time. And he held up a whiteboard that had my name on it as the video still, which is like that catches your eye, too. And you're scrolling like, OK, this is real. This isn't just a generic video thumbnail. So anyways, I, I saw that and I thought that is that is a great way to do outreach. I mean, it's way better than a template text email. So this service called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com, Bonjoro.com. This is what he used and this is what I've seen others use after I've done some research. It ranges from anything from free to, uh, let me give you the pricing real quick because it's interesting actually. You can send 50 of these a month for free with their branding and with $15 a month, you can then brand it. And then $39 a month, you have unlimited videos and custom branding. So that if you're doing a lot of it, that would be great. And it's affordable, but it's super easy. It ties into your CRM. It does automated follow-ups. If they haven't watched it, it gives you stats about everything. It's just incredible. So in, in terms of doing outreach and maybe even for PR pitches to reporters, I want to play around with this too versus an email pitch. But I think this is your best first impression. Like if you're, if you're reaching out to a company and want to work with them, I mean, the open rates appear to be 70%. I mean, this is, this is unbiased opinions and then about 30% conversion rate on that. So it is, it is huge. And um, the three of us have been talking, there's a couple podcasts we like that have been talking about this. And I think because of the pandemic, I think all of us were a little shy about video messaging. Like we didn't really do video work calls. At least I didn't. Now it's assumed we're all comfortable with it. We expect it. When someone's not on video, you judge them now. <laughs> you expect Wait, to see really? everyone. <laughs> Turn your video on, Jake. Yeah, no, you expect to see them. And so I think this is, this is people now have to level up their outreach because of COVID. We want to see each other. And you know what? That extra five minutes you spend to record a video for someone is the difference between, you know, deleting the email and getting the meeting. So I am all in on this. I think this is this is it. I haven't tried it myself yet, but again, I have experience having the messages delivered to me, and it is a beautiful experience. You can even message within the video window. You don't have to respond to an email. It's all compact and nice. So yeah, check it out. Nice homepage, nice branding, cute little bear, very inviting, uh, very nice colors. I, I'm just real quick, 
design critique on the website. They're probably doing well because of that as well, just because they, they look like a uh, professional company that you want to do business with. Yeah. yeah great case I, studies. Yep. I agree. So I actually cold emailed somebody this past week. I want to work. I want a golf course as a client. So um, I, the, they just changed ownership. And so I reached out to the, the was a PGA professional. He's now, he, he bought it small little club in, you know, Northwestern Michigan. Um, I sent a cold email before I had listened to that podcast. And before we talked about this and I was like, man, this would have been at the bee's knees to just yeah. go right into it and be like, Hey, Scott, Still do it. Um, well, if he doesn't respond to my email, cause it could end up in spam or something. I will do this as a follow-up. There's your follow-up. Sure. Yeah, yep. for sure. Okay. Here's cool. the, well, here's hey. the secret, here's the secret sauce real quick on that too. So you have the video and then if you guys have heard of the service called Calendly, there's many like it, yeah. but it enables you to quickly, no friction, book a time on someone's calendar. You see when they're available and you book it. In my mind, the video message, the Calendly link gets rid of all the friction for setting up a meeting. Everyone gets an invite, Zoom link, hands off. I mean, that that's it. So anyways, I'll be trying this at, at some point, but I'll keep you posted. It's great. That That's Love great. It. That's great. Um, all right. All right, so Jake, what do you got? My, my something that I like um, is actually a more broadish thing, and it's just uh, biking. That's my thing this week is just biking. Yes. Um, I've been doing a lot of it this past month, you know, month and a half, got the bikes out of storage and I uh, used to ride a ton as a teenager, you know, before you got your license. And um, I've, so within the past 30 ish days, I've done about 80 miles. I did a 15 mile ride this morning, listen to that podcast that you sent over. It took me just a little over an hour. And I thought it, it's just such a great, like to be outside away from people, um, exercise that's easy on your body I would be doing more, but I broke a rib, and so push-ups are hard right now. Um, but but just just in general, whether it's casual biking or like biking for exercise, I think it's a very underrated activity that yeah, people people should do. I think I think we should do more biking, um, and you know maybe we can talk the the UX of bike-friendly cities at some point in time because. There's some really scary roads out there you're trying to navigate a bike on, but there's a bike trail that's near here and it's so relaxing. So anyway, that's my, that's my something for the week. And I don't have a fancy kind, bike either. What kind of bike do you got? I have a K2 mountain bike that I bought from Dunham's about 10 years ago. I think, I think I spent 300 bucks to two, 300 bucks, you know, it's got shocks on the front. Um, but yeah, I actually was looking into getting a road bike because turns out like my average speed is between like 13 and 15 miles an hour, which I thought is like pretty rocking. And I guess if you have a road bike, you can go like 22 to 28 miles an hour at the same effort. And I was like, man, you go a lot farther. But I resisted the urge to buy a new bike. So maybe next year. I have a Trek. Um, I am ashamed to say that I haven't ridden it in a good solid as in like on a regular basis, it's been a good four years, probably. And okay. I used to robot? ride that used, used to ride that all the time. It's a road, it's like a they call it a hybrid. So it's a road okay. slash off-road. It's got it's got the the shocks on it too. And um I got I got heavily got into it for like for a good year and a half, two years, and then just stopped because we moved and whatever and you know how however that goes. But 
do you use, do you still use an app or do you use an app to track your stuff? Cause I was using, I, do. Uh, I think it was called Strava Strava. I use map my ride. I just use map my ride and I was going to pay for like the pro version to find out like all my stats and split times. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to know that stuff. I get, it records it to my workout app and I can still, you know, distance and top speed and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, I mean, what do you, you don't, you don't bike ride. Do you, do you, got a i've got a spin bike I, yeah okay you want me to talk about peloton and the benefits of peloton <laughs> they gotta pay me some ad money before you know it right, i wasn't gonna bring it up i wasn't gonna bring it up i want you to bring it up i wasn't gonna bring it's it perfect. up so so jake's showing off you know he's he's climbing mountains he's doing x game stunts <laughs> this is all this is all taking place and up in where he lives but uh no yeah we we bought a peloton a few months i'm glad we did we bought it right before the pandemic when you could still get one and they weren't like back ordered four months but uh, just trying to find an easy, low impact way to, to get some exercise and, you know, working from home, like most of us or all of us do on listening to this podcast, even uh, you need some exercise and it's been great. My wife loves it. I love it. The classes are great. Um, yeah, it's, it's great, but I, I'd rather do it outside, but, but the Peloton bike is a big recommendation. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I, can you use the, the Peloton app and not have to use the, yeah, uh, the bike you can. you can put it on any bike. Yep. You could buy the $400 one. That's an Amazon that people get, they call it a poor man's Peloton, but it's, it's actually a good bike. It's just, <laughs> you, you set your iPad on it and just do the uh -huh. Peloton classes. You won't get all the data, uh -huh. but you can still do the same stuff. So it's not a bad option, honestly. Oh, a class. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The Peloton yeah. Cl classes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So there but it is. Biking. I endorse it biking. too. Good, good yep. pick Jake. Um, Hey, I think this is great. I've got tabs now on my browsers after we're done. I have to go like research these things, which I'll probably forget about until next week. And then I'll just cycle will repeat itself <laughs> over and over. Yep. Um, all right. Any, uh, any closing thoughts guys before we end this, this show on the social ad experience experiment. Keep, keep checking on, keep give it a try. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for a, being part of this show today. Thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Uh, check us out in all the, the places you can find this, right? Uh, uh, all those Spotify, places. iTunes, all those, your favorite and podcast our website. app. And on our website. Well, we'll Insert enter that in there, address right here. In there, right there. <laughs> post, <laughs> we'll fix that in post. All right. Um, and then I guess stay tuned for our next episode. We're gonna be talking about the design of silverware. So that will be an exciting, wait for that one. exciting conversation. It's amazing how some things haven't changed in centuries. Centuries. Uh, but maybe they should. Well, stay tuned. A spork. Do they have sporks? <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. Boom. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.